You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. Welcome to the show. My name is Jay Mack, host of the podcast in St. Louis, joined by... Hey, this is Sam Wade out in Los Angeles saying hello to all you wonderful, lovely people. I'm glad that you're listening. And we've got an incredibly special show this week. I like to think every show is special, but I know this one's going to be special. We have a special guest. That's why it's so freaking special. <laughs> it is special, J-Mac. Um, can I go ahead and... and, uh, and it- can we just get to it? Should we just jump right into it? Do you want me to tell them where the show's available? Oh, you have to tell them where the show's available. I'm just I'm just like rearing to go, J-Mac. I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm forgetting everything that we normally do. I know. I know the feeling. I forget that every time I hit record. <laughs> see, the, <laughs> see the outtakes from an upcoming show. All right, so if you want to get the show, the best place to do that is iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. It drops every Wednesday. Every Saturday, we have a little... Little teaser, little teaser clip called the B side, which it could be. It's a kind of, it's a completely random subject. I think this week's was Castaway. It's there before was Motley Crue. You never know what we're going to talk about on our B sides, which drop every Saturday, Wednesday and Saturday. Mark your calendars, folks. All right, Sam, it's all you. J Mac, I am so excited to have one of my very close friends, uh, Jared Oliver, on the show tonight. Now, me and Jared, we've done uh, music together as well. Like, I think everybody that listens know J Mac that you and I we have a, a psych rock band that we do called Tomorrow Never Knows. Well, before I was doing that music, um, I was doing I was in this band in St. Louis called Saturn Five Rockets, and that's where uh, me and me and Jared, who's who's on the show uh, today, is going to, you know, we create a bunch of songs for that. But we're going to be talking about UFOs. Like we did an episode a while ago um, with Danny Weir talking about UFOs, and we were like, we got to talk about this subject some more. And at least half of what I know about UFOs comes from jared from conversations that we would have during band practice in fact it like influenced the way that we wrote lyrics in our band were sometimes influenced by these crazy stories so here's jared oliver one of my close friends extremely talented great songwriter producer amazing guitar player say what's up jared so glad to have <laughs> him on the show what's up you guys super glad to be here uh thanks a lot for having me appreciate it well, it also looks like you've got your own bunker there from where what I can see on my camera. Like your own, I, <laughs> I call the studio here the bunker. There's Star Wars toys, there's instruments, there's various uh, 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 lady calendars up and, and outside the camera range. Uh, so that's kind of like my man cave, but I call it my bunker. It looks like you've got the same kind of thing going on there. Yep, pretty much. Uh, you know, a lot of the same things there. I got gear, I got Star Wars toys everywhere. Uh, nice. So, yeah. Do you have a name for your studio there that that you're working out of? Have you thought of a name for it yet? Uh, I have not. I have not christened this one uh, with a name yet, but uh, I'm sure it'll be something. We got to work on that then because it looks deserving of a name. It looks like an environment and a space you've created there. Absolutely. I mean, we could, I could always call it Air Raid Generation Studio. Ah, I don't think there's any better name. Right? I I like it. Air Raid Generation. I dig that, man. Do you want to talk about where that name came from? Sure. Uh, so I've always had this like recurring dream since I was a kid, um, which will kind of tie into this this whole Absolutely. conversation, I think, quite well. Um, so 
basically the recurring dream is I, I I wake up as if I've fallen asleep on the couch and uh, the uh, end of uh, end of broadcast uh, is on the television. So the the national anthem is playing and then uh, the screen goes to static and then all of a sudden I hear air raid sirens and uh, so I, I get up and I open the screen door and the front door and I look out and it's like chaos and I look up and it's aircraft and UFOs basically looks like you know night vision uh, footage from the original Gulf War. Oh, wow. Know? Um, shock and awe. Yeah, shock and awe. Um, and, and that, that dream kind of recurred through, you know, and, and still pops up from time to time, uh, throughout, uh, you know, throughout my life. And, um, I actually did finally put some, <laughs> uh, a piece together that, uh, is some music that sort of is an interpretation of, of all of that, but, um, Oh, sweet. Yeah. And, and so that, uh, that dreams just sort of haunted me, uh, most of my life in some fashion or another. And, uh, it has differing pieces. Like I'll, there's, there's one in particular where, uh, it feels like an extension of the dream where I wake up and there's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being chased. Uh, I don't know exactly by what, but an F-15 screams overhead and, uh, you know, I, I find shelter in an old, uh, skating rink. That is very Strange, specific, man. Strangely enough, but yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's bizarre, but I've had it so many times. It's like uh, you know, like recalling scenes from a movie. So almost feels like a like a memory, which is right. weird how, right. how dreams can be that way. Um, right. So you you mentioned you have a piece of music. Is that something that people can find now, or is that something that's coming out soon? And if so, where can people find that eventually? Do you think? Uh, eventually, I would like to put it out. Um, I had the. It's really the first part of it. I'd like to like to kind of do a, a middle and an ending uh, piece to it, just sort of tie it all together. Cause it, it really is, it feels like the first piece is sort of the takeoff, um, you know, moment. And then uh, it probably has a, mo a movement or two more to it to, to kind of round it out before it's a full piece, but I'd like to probably get it up on Spotify at some point in time. Um, and I will probably release it under the air raid generation. Uh, Title. I gotta say, the one of the most frightening sounds in the world is an air raid siren. Um, I think me and Sam are eventually going to work it into one of our songs. I don't know what song it would be, but it's it's a terrifying sound. It's the sound of your your impending death. Right, right. It's very disconcerting for sure. I, you know, I'm thinking we might need to join forces and uh, and make some epic space rock together on a song at some Heck point. Yeah, I'm totally down with that. I'm I'm all for it. You know what? My, one of my favorite bands is Slayer and Jeff Hanneman when he does his when his does his nose dives on his uh on his guitar. It, <laughs> it, it vaguely resembles an air raid siren. You know what I'm talking about? I see you laughing. Oh, yeah. It's frightening. <laughs> yeah. Like World Painted Blood. What a scary song that is. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know what it makes me think of too is, you know, in when we're talking about this whole uh, UFO phenomenon, um, we're supposedly uh, just a you know less than a month, or, or I guess a little over a month away from the possibility of getting some actual disclosure. Whatever that's going to actually be, will is yet to see. Um, 
And it's one of those things for me, I go back and forth on, I think that it'd be really cool if it, if it was real. Um, but we, it, you know, I'm not going to put a lot of stock into something until I see enough evidence of it. That aside, one of the things that's being hotly debated right now uh, in the UFO community is whether or not if there are extraterrestrials that visit the Earth, whether or not they will be um, a, a danger to us or not. There's a whole group that says that there's this idea, like Stephen Greer, um, for example, is a big voice on, on the idea that talking about that it's going to be a threat is actually a false um, perception of what these aliens might be to uh, actually create more of uh, chaos and confusion and, and exert control over people. He posits that they would be loving and and friendly, but there's other um, things, you know, where you're talking about like the shock and awe, obviously you have like this idea um, from that dream that, you know, maybe it could not end well. I've had similar dreams myself. I'm curious where you fall right now, uh, Jared, if it, let, okay, let's say we find out that there has been some actual interaction between extraterrestrials and our governments. Do you think that they uh, want to take over the world, that they want to harm us, or do you think that they're here to help us? Uh, so, I mean, I'll, I'll reserve judgment. Um, I don't I really have a strong opinion either way, I suppose. Um, but I would think that uh, if you kind of take Reagan's um, old speech where he talks about um, you know, how quickly our differences would, would vanish if we were facing an alien threat, right? Yeah. Whether or not it's an alien threat or it's a complete paradigm shift from what we know, I would say that the world is due for something like that right about now, something that would bring us together because we are so far apart in so many ways right now uh, that I would, you know, I would hope that disclosure of any kind that would, uh, you know, that it's not just something that gets, you know, pushed to the, the back page, uh, mm -hmm. that it's something that's big enough that makes us all realize, hey, the problems that we are, we are so divided over right now, um, and uh, all the hate, you know, that's out there, um, just let's us take a step back for a second and go, wait a minute maybe that stuff is is not the end all be all right because if you if if you if you look at things the way they are now it's so easy to get caught up in social media and everything else right yeah uh what i feel like is we are gonna we are gonna get to a point where something's got to give right and maybe disclosure is a piece of that i have no idea um i'm i'm excited to learn whatever it is right yeah um uh, you know if they're gonna if they're going to give us anything. My, my guess is though, that it's probably, it will probably be an extension of things that we already know, um, that it probably will not be this uh, mind altering uh, revelation, but <clears throat> one can dream. Well, you know, Stephen Hawking, before he died, I'm sure you've heard this before, but he said, if aliens visit us, they will not be friendly. And I'm like, well, thanks, Steve. That's a great way to go out. Just, drop the doom bomb on us but you got to wonder <laughs> you got to wonder if something had come that far why would they have come that far and i guess maybe it wouldn't have been that far for them if they're that advanced but there is kind of a frightening idea of, of a being that's so much more advanced technologically and probably mentally maybe not physically 
that's that's could be that could be a separate argument but so far advanced technologically wise to that why would they be here it would be i mean i guess i don't know i guess i i vacillate between uh molder and scully you know there's one side <laughs> of me that is very wants to believe and is very paranoid and then the other side of me that's like it's can't it can't be true so i i i really can't see me being excited about finding out aliens are here i think i'd be freaked out <laughs> well i can uh, you know i i can relate um uh you know i've i've i want to believe you know i that's the molder piece right uh yeah. but you know you also have to have the the carl sagan piece uh, of that which is you know uh, extraordinary things require extraordinary explanations right um so uh, i totally understand where you're coming from and and you know the other thing too is that the the, the longer that we develop uh scientifically mathematically uh you know the more that we're seeing that quantum with quantum physics that potentially they're you know interdimensional beings as opposed to coming from light oh, years away thought. yeah so, uh, that, that, that's a really interesting thought to consider if it's interdimensional right and, like, and you know and, like, like bending space-time right right yeah and so you got to think that uh you know the original idea is that they're coming from light years away and you know maybe their planet was destroyed and you know or they're they're just out to colonize uh you know that's always a popular theory but what if they're what if they're interdimensional um maybe they don't have any clue that they're interdimensional <laughs> right oh wow you know what i'm saying like it's just as freaky for them on the other side um who knows right i mean absolutely man i i think you're right like that, that's a really interesting thing to consider you know them being interdimensional because that could actually change um the way that those uh, interactions are perceived um, and also, you know, there's a lot to be said about whether or not some of these experiences actually happened to people, whether they were psychosomatic. You know, I know there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Things like Project Blue Book was something that was studying all these things. And you mentioned earlier, um, I kind of want to take one quick step back. Um, and I'm going to do a lead into this topic. Um, but I just realized that I don't have the uh, full version of Zoom right now. So our meeting is going to end in like five minutes. So um, I'm going to do oh, no. the lead in real quick. We'll hold suspension. I'm going to restart the meeting. I'll send a link out and we'll join back on. So apologies for that. <laughs> <laughs> and we can edit that out or we leave it in. Maybe that's the byproduct of doing a, a show remotely right now. I, I'm just signing to the wrong account. No, no, I'm Sam. To the wrong account. Sorry no, about that. No, Sam. Let's pretend the government cut us off. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, there you go. That's probably actually what's happening. All of a sudden. Like just, all of a sudden, <laughs> we just got shut down. We have no idea what happened. Okay, J Mac. Okay, before we got cut off by the government, apparently. Ooh. <laughs> so, so, Jared, Jared, I'm re I'm actually really curious. Um, I kind of want to take a quick step back. So, just a few minutes ago, you were you were talking about like when we get this disclosure, supposed disclosure in June of 2021, where we're at right now. Um, you mentioned that you you had this feeling that it might just be variations of, of things that we already know. Like, so I'm not sure that all of our listeners know a lot about this subject, which is part of the reason that we're talking about. It. It's a fun thing to talk about. What do we actually know? Like, what's some of the, like the most 
hot button uh, events that people should know about of of what we do know already? Because I know you you're, you're pretty well versed on this stuff. Am I right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been something I've been you know interested in since I was a kid. Um, <laughs> strangely enough, uh, we had a I was probably in fourth or fifth grade, and <laughs> we took a trip to um, the library and got to check out a book and mine was on UFOs <laughs> and um, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, the idea uh, seemed amazing to me. And of course this is right around the time, um, you know, that ET had come out and sure. of course I was, an, I was annoying my mother by, you know, trying to hook <laughs> up a, a speak and spell to a ghetto blaster that was, you know, uh, that I had taken a lampshade and wrapped in tin foil and, pointed it out the window and uh, you know <laughs> oh that's so cool dude and all that kind of stuff trying to uh trying to pick up stuff right you know but all i was doing was like picking up a radio station from like you know 20 miles away but <laughs> um but it was cool you know i mean it was it was this interesting like new world that kind of opened up to me because i've always kind of been an introvert with really bad social anxiety right Sure. Um, so, so, you know, as a kid, a lot of times you're, you know, your world opens up as you start to, you know, gain friends and yeah. And, uh, you know, you start to get into stuff at school and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and for me, that wasn't, that wasn't really the case. I, I mean, yeah, I had, I had, I had friends and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I played football or whatever for sure. seventh and eighth grade and, and whatnot, but I never really felt like you know, that was me. Uh, it was just me trying to be something that I wasn't. Um, but UFOs, the whole, the whole concept of it, um, it, it stuck with me because it was something that, that I could dive into that just seemed like this larger, larger thing, right? This larger world of, um, of interesting stuff um, that, you know, was steeped in all this like lore and crazy stories and you know whether it's you know uh mount rainier uh when we first started calling them flying saucers uh or roswell and uh, all the craziness that happened there which you know i have i have now some uh some part of my story sort of ties to that um to that event in roswell but um, remind, re, remind our listeners like what actually happened at Roswell. This was in 1947. Right. Is that right? Correct. Correct. So, um, saucer crashes down, uh, supposedly, uh, in a, in a farmer's field. He discovers it, brings some pieces back to the house, um, and, uh, makes a few phone calls eventually gets back to the military the military shows up kind of takes over the scene uh they make a press release uh with within the first day and say they've you know, captured a flying saucer and then uh very shortly thereafter they they retract and and say it was a weather balloon this was in like all the newspapers and everything right like this right was, right it's got leaked yeah. out like pretty quick yeah this was national news um uh when it came out and uh, you know but it, it, you know, so began the battle of those who were Roswell believers, and, um, and you know those uh, those who who think that it was just a hoax, and the government has tried to 
tried to write it off on a few different things. Uh, one of which was, I think, uh, Project Mogul, which um, was supposedly a, a parachute testing uh, project where they sent dummies up and, and balloons up into the stratosphere to see if they get you know parachute back down uh, oh. successfully and things like that. So they've they've tried to do that, but the timing you know doesn't add up to the story on some of those things. Um, yeah. You know, the year of the project or whatever, the documentation is just slightly off um, for it to have, uh, have been that. Now, what really happened, who knows? Um, you know, most, a lot of the people that were, were, you know, alive when that happened are starting to pass away. And, and it's just stories passed down to family members now. So, um, yeah, that is the thing. I know there's been a lot of um, historians and uh, you, ufologists that go and they, they try to document this. And there's right. there's several out there. Um, we could get into a whole conversation just discussing like all the different people who have been studying these things and all these phenomenon. But right. I, I think that's probably one of the most singular events, right? Because it, it did grab, I want to say it grabbed the national attention at the time. Right. Is it true? Yeah, no, yeah, I would totally agree that it uh, it definitely was it was definitely national news. I mean, you have uh, Army Air Corps more or less saying that they captured a, a flying saucer, right? Yeah, um, and and then shortly thereafter retracting and you know publishing pictures of uh, a broken apart weather balloon. I've and, seen those I mean, pictures. That, that was what it was. I've seen yeah. those pictures. I, I years ago I checked out a book from the library. It was some I don't know what it was. It's some kind of UFO. I guess it was UFO debunking or something. I just checked it out, and there was pictures of stuff that clearly was not a UFO. But of course, if the government had recovered a UFO, what they would do is they would they would probably spray paint cardboard cardboard and say this is what we found. I mean. It, it was hard to believe. It was hard for me to believe that this farmer could have believed that the pictures that he was shown holding could possibly have even been anything more than a weather balloon. Um, but that's not the. That's not. It might not. Might not be the whole story. Obviously, if there was a really right. re recovered craft, they would not show pictures of it. They would show some hick out in the on a cornfield with a piece of spray painted cardboard. Yeah, so basically, the way the story goes is that um, uh, Mac Brazel was the uh, was the rancher, and he had taken pieces of the of the wreckage back to his his house. Um, and I think probably the the most detailed, strangely enough, um, account of this that I remember um, was from Unsolved Mysteries. Hmm. Love that show. Interviewed. Love that show. Yeah. Right. Um, and they interviewed a, a lot of the family members and stuff like that. And that was where the, the description of like the, the metal that crumbles and then, you know, goes back to its original shape. Um, the sort of hieroglyphic writing. Uh, those those pieces of the story are all, uh, you know, sort of talked about in, in that episode of uh, unsolved mysteries and then of course they're they're talked about later on uh as well but that was the first time i think i remember i remember hearing all the specific details uh, now, from the family members so you know what's a, what's what's a really interesting too is like so there's a lot of documentation about roswell um i just want to bring up one point too is 
close to that region in New Mexico, I want to say it was nine months later. Um, I might be wrong on that time length. I know it was eight to nine months. I want to say after Roswell, there was another like um, possible big sighting in that area in a little town called Aztec, New Mexico, where there was another craft supposedly recovered. It was out kind of in the close to a, to a wash up on a cliff. Um, I've actually been out to the supposed site of where that was. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. You have to walk down a trail for a while. There's like one single plaque that's there. And on the on one of the rocks um, close by, someone drew like the hieroglyphics. In fact, I took a picture of that. And then we used that picture for the back cover of our Saturn V Rockets record, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There, that's that's from that that the Aztec crash site, um, but and there's like this cement block that supposedly was poured where the crane would have a base to be able to lift this thing down off the cliff and all this stuff. It's 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 kind of hearsay at this point, but the story goes that they took this craft, um, which is the same thing I think they did at Roswell. They took these craft and anything they recovered, they took it over to Los Alamos, which is nearby, um, to be studied. Now. Have, when you were in the Air Force, did you ever have a chance to visit like any of these areas when you were there? Yeah. So um, before I actually commissioned, uh, I did an internship with uh, the Air Force Special uh, Office of Special Investigation. And uh, so I spent about two, three weeks at Kirtland Air Force Base um, with that detachment, uh, just kind of working on uh, and seeing how the the uh, OSI operated mm -hmm. and the stuff that they did. So it was kind of like career development type stuff. But as a part of that, I got to go to Sandia labs um, and do a tour. And, you know, they, sh they showed us some of the stuff that they were working on. Um, at one point they brought out like a tray of different materials and things like that, that we could, you know, kind of take a look at and, and whatnot. Um, and <laughs> Strangely enough, uh, one of the things that they brought out was this, what looked like a little square of foil. Um, but when you picked it up, it was, it, it was more like sheet metal, like as far as like, uh, it had a little weight to it, uh, but it was pliable. So you could crumble it up in your hand. And uh, when you crumbled it up in your hand and you dropped it back on the, on, onto the, uh, the table, it flattened itself out again. Whoa, that's Batman stuff right there. Yeah, it was not, and it was not like creased or anything. It was just as it was before you picked it up and, and crumpled it in your hand. Okay, okay, so I just want to clarify something for our listeners. This is not something that you're hearing a story about. This is something you actually witnessed with your own two eyes. Right. Yeah, yep, myself and about uh, five other uh, Air Force Academy cadets, so. Holy shit, dude. So you were just talking just a few minutes ago about this material. That's that's one of the things that was noted at the site. You actually Correct, saw yeah. something that lined up with that, like this metal, you crumble it up and you drop it and it flattens out. You saw this. Correct. Yes. That's what I saw. Oh, <laughs> holy. That's amazing. Well, yeah, it was a, and yeah, it was it, a trip. This is a, a, Curtin, a, a Curtin Air Force Base, which is notorious for having these type of stories too, right? Uh, yeah, to yeah, to a certain degree. Um, I, I don't know if anybody uh, uh, has seen Mirage Men. Mm -hmm. um, it's a documentary uh, specifically uh, about um, Richard Air Force, Jones, right? Uh, correct. Yeah, uh, he's a he was one of the OSI special special agents uh, from Kirtland, and his interactions with uh, Paul Benowitz. Um, Paul was um, scientist pilot. 
uh, he had gathered some data and had, you know, that he found interesting, uh, included a, a sighting of what he believed to be uh, a UFO. And he provided that information to um, the security office at Kirtland. Wow. And th that started the red flags going up with uh, uh, within the chain of command there. And Richard Doty was uh, basically told, uh, you know, go find out what he knows and, and, and come back. So he did that and then started this sort of, um, for lack of a better term, psych ops campaign sure. with Paul Benowitz. And he, uh, he basically, you know, was like, but, you know, Richard Doty was basically saying he was buying into the story, right? That, that he was onto this stuff. Got it. Um, now, in the process of, of, you know, investigating what he had, they were able to determine, you know, that it was either stuff that they were working on or, you know, whatever. That's what kind of threw the red flags in the first place. Uh, Richard stuck with him for quite a while. Um, and they actually became friends, strangely enough. Um, and they went out camping and, and Richard actually says that, that he saw some things that uh, he, he couldn't quite explain that were later explained to him. Uh, but, uh, you know, Paul would go up uh, in his aircraft and he would take pictures over the base uh, where he could. Oh, that's a no, no. Yeah. It, it, not, not over the actual base proper. So he wasn't violating um, airspace. Uh, but enough but, to bring attention to himself, right? <laughs> and, and, yeah, they had some, they had some offsite operations going on uh, in some of the mountains surrounding. And uh, he, he took pictures of stuff. And at one point in time, you know, they sort of pulled like, um, so in World War II, one of the things that um, they would do to, to fool uh, the Germans was they would have these fake airfields uh, right. set up, right? Well, they kind of did the same thing to Paul, where they set up some fake stuff out there for him to find. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Minister. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And uh, even worse, <laughs> considering the fact that uh, uh, his family, basic, you know, Paul Benowitz's family, basically um, committed him near the end of his life wow wow but this, it, this is all yeah, documented I, in, that, in that in that film this right. is in that film uh, mirage men i've seen right. and it wasn't it wasn't just richard doty and and air force osi that was involved in this there were other agencies too um including the nsa uh we're curious to know what he was finding out and and that sort of thing because there was there's at least one one point in time where uh the nsa had set up shop uh, in a building across from his house somewhere and he saw them and uh, was upset by it and his daughter i think called richard Doty and was like leave my dad alone you know stop this and wow. he was like and that was richard was like oh whoa, wait a minute we're not doing anything who's that and then he finds out it's the nsa and they were snooping on him and all this stuff so yeah uh, i mean it's it's crazy, um, you know, and, and Mirage Man is interesting because it has some of the frequent flyers with the UFO community in it that, yeah, you know, 
some of them some of them are okay and then others i feel like just that's how they make their living but um yeah it's I, an I, interesting I, it's an interesting story to say the least yeah well i gotta tell you the uh the first story that i ever heard that really made me go wow there might be something here was bob lazar that guy hmm. that guy's got some stories that he was on joe rogan and even joe rogan was kind of like there's there's no real good explanation for what he's saying the things he's seen the things that that he claims to see and I got to tell you, if there was one guy that really creeped me out and made me go, there might be there might be a, some deep water here. Was Bob Lazar? You want to speak to the Bob Lazar, um, yeah, phenomenon or, or yeah, interviewer sure. or, or the story that 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 to me was the one that made me really stand up and pay attention. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's definitely a, an intriguing story for sure, um, uh, and you know sort of uh sort of a an icon of 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 uh you know the the overall ufology story um, mm-hmm. you know was born out of of bob lazar and uh the work that george knapp did with him um you know i think it was 88 or 89 when uh george knapp interviewed him in a darkly lit um vehicle <laughs> uh for his uh for his local tv station show that that he had um and you know that that he was in las vegas right as a as a news reporter in las vegas yeah yep an an investigative news journalist and um so i think prior to that he had had like a, a late night uh show where he actually had interviewed um lear and Lear had brought up uh, a contact within. Um, I don't know if they. I think I think they were just calling it the base. Um, now, now who's Lear? Lear is is the uh, son of. Um, I forget what his, his father's first name is. Maybe George. I I don't remember exactly, but anyway, the Learjet. Okay. So, oh, all right. All right. Of, of that of that lineage. Um, Got it. And George had had him on on his show, uh, and this was before he interviewed Bob. Um, but this was Lear talking about um, John Lear talking about the experience that he had with Bob Lazar. Um, and basically, it's when Bob got caught uh, mm. by his, you know, by his employer. <laughs> And uh, was, you know, shortly thereafter um, terminated. But um, so he has this conversation, but he doesn't mention Bob by name in there. He just tells the story and says, my contact. Right. And then George has the interview with uh, with Bob in the uh, in the dark vehicle goes out. Ratings go through the roof. Um, and I think it's. It, from that point on, it just the story just kind of rolls, right? Now, now then, I mean, if, if if I'm not mistaken, this story that broke through uh, Bob Lazar's story is kind of where the whole idea started to get out into the zeitgeist about Area 51. Because correct. Was, yeah. he, he was a contractor at Area 51, 
and he actually says it's like it's actually not area 51 it's like a sub one called like, right. was it s s4 Yep, the stuff was happening, but like, yeah, so that's where like people started to be like, oh, Area 51, it's this place where like all of this crazy stuff is happening. Like, it was because of the story, is that right? All right, right, exactly. Yeah, Bob, um, Bob Lazar, I mean, to my memory, he was saying they were they were showing him things, craft that had capabilities that nothing even close to what was known technology were doing. I mean, I'm just trying to uh, open the window for our listeners a little bit. I mean, he was saying yeah. he, he was saying he was actually dealing with alien technology, really strange, really far out technology. This was a recovered spacecraft technology, right? That's that's where he was uh, surmising that they were getting it from. I don't know if he actually ever saw the right. recovered spacecraft. That was when I'm like, wow, this this you can't just say this guy's crazy because he knew too much. Right. Yeah, so basically, um, as far as his story goes, he gets the job at S4, and initially he doesn't really understand what it is, is that he's working on because it's so compartmentalized. Um, you know, he works on his piece of the puzzle and, and all that. He said he didn't really understand the larger picture until one day when um, he actually uh, was able to see a craft. Right? Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. So, so a, a part of that, a part of that is he's not sure. You know, at first he's like, "This is crazy. What is this?" Right? You know, and he's kind of laughing to himself. Um, but then he, you know, gets the chance to sort of see a, a, a little closer up, and um, you know, that's that's when he kind of starts to develop the idea that maybe what's going on here is a reverse engineering of technology, right? Um, uh, okay. So. So basically, I think in the end, what he gleaned from it all was that these were recovered craft uh, and that we were trying to back engineer the technology. Um, I did. And, and, you know, I think that's kind of been his story. The he crazy details too like so okay so it's, it's interesting that the, the subject came up because just a few years ago me and my lady went to uh, alien con here in la um and it was a really cool thing um you know various levels of of you know different types of topics um some of them are obviously you know a little bit more on the fringe and kind of just you know for the fun of it some of them were like really engaging then we saw nick mm-hmm. Pope speak um you know all of the it's 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 sponsored by you know ancient aliens most people know about that show on the on the history channel and there's some really cool information that comes on there and some of it you can tell it's kind of hyped up there's the meme of you know i'm not saying it's aliens but it's aliens with the guy with the big hair you know giorgio Mm -hmm. um but it was really cool to go to um and and here's some of you know testimony from people that had been experiencers have seen things um but one of the sessions that i went to Actually, um, uh, Bob Lazar wasn't there. Um, he decided not to come, but Jeremy uh, Corbel and George Knapp were actually there in person, and they um, premiered the film about Bob Lazar. Um, it's actually called Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. It's on Netflix and a bunch of other streaming services. It's worth, it's, it's worth watching. If you're at all interested in this thing, it's definitely worth watching. Um and it was cool to, to, to like watch the film, hear them talk about their experiences. Uh, Jeremy Corbell has a lot of stuff, you know, along with George Knapp of 
crazy phenomenon that they have investigated over the years. Skinwalker Ranch is another one. We don't even have time to even jump into right. Skinwalker Ranch, but that's some, <laughs> some crazy shit that happened there. Um, Lear is involved with that as well. Okay, see, that's it. that makes so much sense. I, I I know that you know one of the other like figures that kind of floats around is uh, you know this this billionaire Robert Bigelow, um, right? And his interest in all those different things too. Um, but part of the reason that, that I wanted to bring up Jeremy Corbell is like actually there is some current news. Um, just a, I want to say like a week, a week and a half ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was um, some information and a video that he posted that he had access to that showed um, these supposed drones or craft that were flying around these naval vessels off the coast of California, close to the Channel Islands. I think this was in like 2019 posted a video it's very clearly in the videos this night vision video this clear um like triangle pyramid shaped craft there on the camera um and apparently um the pentagon um has said that this is actual footage what's your opinion on this i mean do you do you think that this is something that's 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 real like i i've it seen it's hard to deny it i've seen this video too i there's no real good explanation from what I'm seeing. It's right. crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and you're, you're, are you, re- you're referencing the, uh, the night vision? Yes. Yeah. Footage. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I can tell you from experience, um, uh, you know, my time in the air force, I was, my, my role was, um, as a security forces officer. So I, I did a lot of anti-terrorism force protection stuff and, and whatnot. And, and one of the locations I was at was in Colorado. And, uh, so the backside of the base was fairly open. Um, and not a lot of, not a lot of ambient light from the city, uh, around. And we would on overnights, uh, one of the things that we would, we would do is go out and, uh, take the night vision goggles and, uh, Oh, Oh, sweet. And, and and look up, uh, right? And so, I mean, I can tell you that I saw things that were were not like the triangle that is very clear in those uh, those videos. But um, I did see I did see things that moved and in a very unconventional way, uh, not like satellites. Mean? So, it, it, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and it's dark and you can see all the stars you can see satellites right they're like they're like a pinpoint right of light and they move in like straight line across the sky right right they move in a in a particular way and some of them are in you know asynchronous orbit so maybe they're just going in a circle you know uh over a particular area but the the type of things that i I saw were were similar. I mean, there were pinpoints of light, uh, but sometimes in formation they would move in uh, in ways that, like I said, were unconventional. They, and by that I mean, like literally, they would be going in one direction and then change direction in a split second and head at, at an angle that no aircraft could no aircraft, no spacecraft that I'm aware of could handle that, that pivot. Right. 
Well, and um, I, I hate to keep bringing up the X Files, but it rem- it reminds me of some of those early X Files where I forget. I think it was season one or two where they're they're at an Air Force base, and I think Seth Green is actually in this episode. It's one of his. Er- yes, yes. And yes. there's yeah, so you know, and there's weird little shots like shots of light, and they they just think it's stoners just looking at shit up in the sky, but this is really happening. This is not. This is not something on Fox at nine o'clock at night. This you're saying you've seen things like this. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you know, obviously, you know, I, I don't I don't want you to talk about anything that you're not comfortable talking about. Yeah, I, don't. I can, I can sense yeah, some, some some of that. But it's like, you know, you mentioned things like formations and you mentioned about like non-conventional patterns. Like, mm-hmm. can you just kind of expand on that just a little bit on what you mean? It's almost like I would say that they were chasing each other, you know, like almost like, wow, uh, if they were, you know, if they were doing training and they were dog fighting, right? They would chase each other. Um, but almost, and, and, and at times it's almost like, you know, like how dogs will chase each other and then they'll slow down for a second and then they'll stop. Sure. And then, and then they'll start chasing each other again. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that kind of stuff is what, what you see. Um or at least what I saw. Uh, well, where do you put this mentally when you see something like that? Because I, I mean, I think I would have trouble dismissing that as something like, "Oh, I just it's a shooting star, it's it's a weather balloon." I think I would I think it'd be really hard for me to to justify what I saw in my mind as something terrestrial. To me, it. I I guess I I look at it in a couple different ways, right? Um, you know, especially considering the fact of of what my career was at that time. Um, I, I, I probably tried to keep a, a, a more, uh, I don't know, lack of a better word, a logical head about myself. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, with with sure. that, but, but at the same time, you know, the kid in me that fell in love with UFOs and ufology and all that kind of stuff from a book at the library is also like, you know, run around like a, giddy little kid at christmas um that man that's crazy to see something like that yeah i mean it's it, you know can i explain it do i know what it is no i have no idea it just it, i mean it is what it is and i haven't really got any other explanation of it other than you can find videos of this kind of stuff right, right. so it wasn't just me seeing things <laughs> So, no, no, not um, at all. I mean, there's been some footage lately. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, all these, I, 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 you know, obviously, all this stuff you take with a grain of salt. And I can tell that you're the same way. Um, you, you don't know exactly what you're seeing, but there's things that defy expectations, things that defy understanding. And you're like trying to rationalize what is what it is that you're seeing. There's been several videos that have been posted, like supposedly like things will show up on the on the on the live feed from the uh, from the internet international space station and suddenly that thing will right. show frame and then the feed will cut um there's the footage where like a, you know, supposedly the cosmonaut um shows uh, i guess they're still called cosmonauts right are they not is that am i saying that wrong no i think that's correct yeah so so the cosmonaut posted the footage of seeing like what looked like a formation of craft or, or you know go down from the edge of the earth it's possible i think it might be starlink satellites but you know we don't know for sure um, but there's all this kind of footage out there, these unexplained phenomenon. There's, you know, we, we haven't even talked about things like the Black Knight that's supposedly like this right. satellite that's right. been orbiting the Earth for thousands of years. 
nobody knows where it came from. Like it runs deep. There is some interesting things to talk about on this, but I got to imagine like knowing that some of this stuff, you know, possibly exists. You're sitting there out in the middle of the field with your friends. Obviously no one's trying to like, look like they're crazy. No one's trying to like imagine things. You're working as an MP, right? Like you're, you're, right. you're with a specific job. There's no time for nonsense. You see something you can't explain of course it's going to be one of those things where you're like weighing it back and forth like this does not add up with what anything that i know is a reference point here i am seeing it um it sticks with you right yeah and uh, you know i mean it is similar to something that i saw when i was a teenager uh as well oh what Um, was that so i well i grew up um down in springfield missouri and it was still fairly undeveloped at the time but a friend on a friend of mine uh, and I, we were sitting out on the driveway smoking a cigarette and saw something in the sky that had similar movement. Um, and then it just kind of shot away opposite of what you would see as a, a shooting star. Right. Um, uh, uh, yeah. It wasn't completely foreign, but certainly more in depth and, and odd than what I had seen when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, that was some insane stuff, but you know, I, I mean, throughout my time in the, in the military, I mean, I, I, I had other people um, that I served with that, you know, told me crazy stories. Um, Can you just give us one story? Like what's the best story that you think that you heard from something else that someone saw and where did it take the place? Well, I can, I mean, there's two and they're fairly short cause there's not a, a whole lot of, uh, of detail to them but all right um, twist my arm give me two let's let's hear them so <laughs> so uh one was um was from uh, a guy that was stationed in the the uh, azores and uh he had been he had been out hiking and uh had come up to a cliff and was just checking out the view he looked down and saw uh, a craft enter the water and then disappear. That's the same thing my father-in-law said. Oh yeah, that's the same <laughs> thing. That is another video that's just posted by the air by the by the Air Force, I think, or by the Navy as well. Like seeing one go into the water. But you remember, remember, yeah. remember, my father-in-law Danny Weir said he saw the ship go into the river. Remember that? Mm. Oh, oh, that's right. Same story. We gotta have oh, you. We gotta have weird. you guys on on the on the same show. That would be amazing. Yeah, and that's double down yeah. on the next episode, J Mac. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like fun. So the other one was a, a guy who was working an overnight and was doing checks on um, on the posts that were uh, on the flight line, and no sound, um, but got a weird feeling. Looked up. And saw the triangle just floating. Oh God! Whoa. Overhead. For what it's worth, could be a fellow, uh, a fellow Aaron pulling my leg. But yeah, but that, but that, but that genuine of the of the of the Phoenix Lights. Yeah, it seemed, you know, seemed genuine. So, do you both know? Yeah. I mean, you, you both kind of know about the Phoenix Lights uh, incident, right? I don't. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that that reminds me so much of that. Like. Uh, Jerry, then, you know, please, if you want to, like, you know, give a quick description of what happened to the Phoenix Lights, go for it. So uh, Phoenix Lights was uh, a weird phenomenon 
that happened where there were multiple lights that were seen up above a mountain range uh, in Arizona, and they seemed to be dropping something, right? You know, everybody dismissed it. Um, well, not everybody, but a lot of people dismissed it as it was uh, military aircraft dropping flares uh, and things like that. But it was seen by a ton of people in, in the Phoenix area. Thousands of all Right. Filmed from all kinds of different angles and, and everything else. And uh, the governor actually um, got a lot of crap because he came out the next day and had one of his aides dressed up in a uh, an alien <laughs> an alien outfit and said we, we've we've caught the we, we've caught the uh perpetrators and uh we're we're you know what bring an, them to justice what an a-hole yeah well, and, you know, and later, he, later he like recanted that didn't he be like like that was yeah. a mistake i should have done that yeah he was just trying to make light of of what seemed like a uh kind of a panicky situation that's funny but, though he actually saw them himself and and said, "I have no oh. idea what they are." And uh, you know, so he he kind I, of I've heard stories about this where like yeah. people are talking about that there was like um, that they actually saw like the sky blocked out, like this craft was so big that right. it was blocking out the stars that they could see in the sky. Right. Yeah. Which is very similar to uh, sightings that happened in upstate New York back in the 80s there were large triangular ships that were seen uh, where is it uh in the hudson valley uh, right 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 i've been yeah, there in the, yeah in the 1980s um there was actually an episode of unsolved mysteries that covered that as well um but it was seen by you know all kinds of people uh police officers everything so that was another one that's very similar to to the phoenix lights incident but all the way across the country and upstate New York in the, in the eighties. So that's the, you see, that's the thing about, you know, that's the thing about these types of experiences. when people tell these stories, um, there's a lot of similarities between different stories over the cross, uh, over the course of decades. Right now, yep. some of this, like, if you're thinking about this logically, some of this has to fall into kind of like the shared perception of things. People hear a story, and so they they lump in their experience with the same thing. You know, things don't really make sense. They don't add up. But there's a lot of similar patterns of things that happen across these stories. Um, and actually, I don't want to end this episode with at least touching on one of the first really compelling stories that was out there that happened with, you know, with UFOs in general. And that was with the story of Betty and Barney Hill that happened in 1961. Um, right, right. You know, these, this was a couple, they were an interracial couple in 1961. Um, and as we all know, in this country, that was not something at that time period that, that, that the whole nation would embrace. It's unfortunate, right. but it's just not true. So it's not like they were wanting to bring attention to themselves they were also upstanding people who were trying to do their best to survive, take care of their families. Um, I've been reading a book about this uh, experience, actually, that's, that's really interesting, called Captured, um, that was written by, um, co-authored by their niece. Um, and 
it just talks about this, you know, they basically, they went on this weekend trip. Um, they lived in New Hampshire. They went on a weekend trip to Canada. They were driving back at night. Um, they were trying to get home as quickly as possible because a storm was coming. They lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on the coast. And they were trying to get back. And then um, Betty um, saw in the sky this this star that was you know, very similar to what you were describing, Jared, um, mm -hmm. it started moving in a way that wasn't normal for like a shooting star. Um, right. They actually stopped the car. Uh, I'm just going to give like a quick description of this thing. We should actually devote a whole episode to this. Um, and I would love it if you come on and talk about it at some point, maybe if yeah. we, we do that. But so, so basically the, the story real quickly is they stopped the car to take a better look at it. They looked at the binoculars and ended up realizing that it wasn't a star. They had windows they saw people in the windows. And then the story goes that they ended up um, being, you know, uh, losing time later doing hypnosis regression. And they might have this, had this experience. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty wild to consider that maybe some of this stuff might be in the zeitgeist that, that people kind of hear these stories and they have some weird experiences and they line it up with it. But what I'm hearing from you on this episode with your personal experiences, especially, especially is that these things that like you're very level headed about this. Like you're not trying to imagine that there is something else going on. You're trying to rationalize something that you're seeing that does not make sense. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, that's the thing that resonates with me, uh, both with the Betty and Barney Hill story and, and the Bob Lazar story, um, because, you know, I, I personally, you know, I, I really want this to be something that's real, you know, but at the same time, you know, like I'm not going to get caught up in, in, uh, in it so much that, uh, you know, I can't, I can't tell fact from fiction, right? Right. Uh, but with those two stories, what what I think is so amazing about them and, and kind of ties into that is that these these were not people seeking fame or fortune. Right. They were they were not in positions that were advantageous to them to come out with their story. Right. Uh, Betty and Barney Hill, an interracial couple at a time when that's not fully embraced by the nation. Uh, Bob Lazar. Uh, you know, pretty much ruined his entire life, never really got a penny <laughs> out of anything, right, uh, from from coming out with his story, um, which to me just, I'm, I'm not saying I buy completely into either, um, you know, but something happened, something was there for sure, right? Um, and I think if you look forward into the future from Betty and Barney Hill to the stuff like Whitley Strieber and and um, the guy that worked with him a lot on on regression uh, and several others who were abductees. Uh, that's a whole other you know angle that you could get into. Uh, but doing the hypnotic regression and, and and everything else became sort of a staple, especially through the '80s, because there was a lot of abductee claims um, uh, throughout the '80s and '90s, especially. And uh, you know, if you read or was it Whitley Strieber's uh, communion? Um, that you know that that sort of encapsulates that whole uh, you know that whole abduction story, right? Uh, you look look at um, uh, the fire in the sky incident, right? Um, 
right. That's uh, uh, I'm sorry. What was his What was his name? Uh, Travis. Travis Walton. Um, yeah, yeah. And you look at his story. I mean, again, he's another guy that, you know, yeah, they made a movie and stuff about <clears throat> it, but for years, like, you know, he wasn't trying to capitalize on it. He wasn't trying to make money. Um, you know, these are not people that that were clearly out to make a profit from 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 right. our stories um and that's what is the most convincing to me about uh, about some of these stories is you always say right. follow the money but if there's no money what's the motivation these people did not want to become icons or poster ch- poster children for this type of thing um yeah i mean i mean i just imagine if it happened to me how much courage it would take to come forward and say this happened. It would, it would not, I would not take it lightly. And I think, Absolutely. I think that people that dismiss these stories out of hand as like kooks or crazy people, I think they're, they're doing a disservice to themselves and to the people telling these stories because what if it's real? What if it's real? Then what? Right. right. And, you know, and I mean, I think just being a, a decent human being and, you know, following the, uh, you know, following the philosophy of don't be a dick, right? Yeah, um, that's a good I rule. Mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a good rule. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, you, you have to you have to consider, you know, everybody deals with things in their own way, right? Uh, and traumatic experiences, you know, are no different than, than anything else and uh, how you deal with them, whether they're you know, a known traumatic experience, like, you know, uh, the trauma of, of combat, the trauma of rape, um, you know, all of those things, uh, people react to them in different ways because we're all human beings. And yes, we're creatures of habit and pattern or whatever. But when it comes to the psychology of, of it all, we're not all wired the exact same way, right? Right. Um, and so to dismiss a story outright just because um you disagree with the content it, it i mean you're kind of missing out on some really good people if you you know if you just toss them to the side because um you're quick to judge right so i think that's one of the important things about this right i, I mean you know it wasn't wasn't a couple of decades ago that everybody was laughed at for believing in it um you know and then the x-files came along and made it cool <laughs> it's true right? made me made, made me wanted to be a, a an fbi agent investigating uh you know aliens and ufos you know um, you know i'm gonna go watch those tonight after after this conversation i'm jonesing for some molder scully action <laughs> love it dude that was that was my jam uh but see here all through the 90s but so. here here's the thing i think people that and I mean, I don't know that I'm a believer. I don't really know what I believe, but I feel like there's a possibility. And people that lump everything into one category are not taking the full opportunity for what may be possible. These things are possible. They're more than possible. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And grow, growing up in a religious home, they were they, they were always like, there's no aliens. God created man on earth and that's it 
Well, as you get older, you realize how large the universe is and how how vast and infinite the possibilities are. And then you it makes you go, wait a minute. There's a chance some of this shit is happening. Is it? Well, and, you know, I mean, at the same time, you know, you can always push back, uh, you know, just like I did. Because um, I grew up in a religious family as well. You know, uh, the, the one thing that I will say is I got lucky enough to have um, – a parent that was uh, open-minded to uh, a kid asking crazy questions, right? So, um, <laughs> good, you know, asking about who were the others in Genesis, right? So the Nephilim. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know those kinds of things. And my, you know, I flat out asked my dad when I started really, you know, kind of being interested in, in UFOs and stuff when I was a kid. Uh, you know. Did, did is it real right you know could this possibly be and that he actually pointed that out uh from the bible he was like well huh. it's possible yeah the nephilim you know? the nephilim were a race of giants right correct and some say they were fallen angels uh yeah the the, the thing that the the story was that they were the byproduct of fallen angels and the daughters of men so take that however you want right but yeah right and, I, and that they're the reason why we have the weapons of destruction that we have now i was always and fascinated with that story my my parents were like just don't, don't read that don't read that verse just skip <laughs> that so part. just, just yeah, skip. Like, the- don't don't pay attention to the apocrypha don't pay attention to the gnostic gospels don't pay attention right. to anything that was edited out by the council of nicaea I'm going to step off my soapbox now. We'll see, <laughs> see, and I was lucky enough to grow up with a dad who who told me that I should read that stuff. Right. You know, that, uh, nice. not, 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 not that I should, you know, just dive into it with a, uh, you know, full belief, but read it. Yeah. Make up your own mind on, on, on what it is and, and, uh, and what it means and how it, you know, and, and how it fits into your faith. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how does that fit into the narrative of your faith? Um, it's a really and, good know, as point. far as as far as possibilities and and stuff are concerned, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can have science, you can have spirituality, you can have religion, you can have all of it. You can have the 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 philosophies and and everything else. And and when it comes down to it, it's just a bunch of us, you know, little people on a rock trying to figure it out right it's so and, true man it's so true and, and and to think that any one of us has the better answer uh you know is is just narcissistic it's but, air it's arrogant yeah 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 for sure um but yeah i mean i've this has been awesome and and <laughs> i know we could go on for hours so why do I tell you what, Jared? Are you are you are you interested in coming on with us again sometime? Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. I've had a lot of fun, Sam. You got anything you want to ask or add before we wrap up the show? No, I think we covered so much. Um, you know what I really liked about this episode is we spent a lot of time just kind of hitting on some of the of the more famous stories of you know of UFO sightings. Um, I think that it would be really fun to kind of you know um, to to dissect a few of those in detail. 
I would love it, Jared, if you'd come on to kind of do some of that, to kind of spend some time, like really unpack, you know, the, you know, Roswell sightings, yeah. maybe what happened with the Phoenix lights. Um, but I, I really like that. And I, you know, what I really dig is just your, your, your approach to some of your own personal experiences to this, you know, kind of logical level-headed approach to it. Like we're not just trying to buy things hook, line and sinker. Um, but what I really appreciate about the fact of how you approach this subject is you're kind of open to the wonder and the mystery of it, right? Like what if, let's see what else we can find out. And and that's all we're trying to do here by talking about this in general is just being like, Hey, this is something that keeps coming up. You know, is there something here? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's, you know, I, I think there's probably some, some narrow paths you can go down, uh, in regards to this subject. And, um, you know, some of those lead to not such great places. <laughs> yeah, <it's> true. <laughs> It's true. You know, um, but I think if you if you look at it, you know, constantly reminding yourself that, you know, we are not much more than children uh, yeah. in this universe, still learning. Yeah. Uh, the, the possibilities are endless. You know, I mean, if you're religious and you believe that there is a God out there that created the, you know, the earth and the universe and all the living creatures within it uh then again i think if 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 you're gonna outright say that none of this stuff exists um that it's all just stories made up in somebody's mind then uh you're kind of disproving your own philosophy um wow so yeah i mean I, i just think we have to continue to look at it with you know the eyes of children and and be open to whatever is there um, you know, nothing says it's evil, uh, yet. Right. Um, I'm sure people have had some pretty scary experiences, but, uh, you know, it could be, it could, it, maybe it's not, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll find out in June. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. Uh, what I do know is I'm fascinated by the subject. Uh, I love to talk about it, obviously. Um, and I would love to come back and explore this even further, whether it's, you know, deep diving on, on some of the larger, uh, larger things that have happened within this, uh, realm of, uh, information, or, you know, if you guys want to pull out a, a random, maybe not so well-known case. Oh, we got to do that. I love the idea of that. Okay. I just got to tell something. We might need to make this happen. We've talked about, and I mean, Jared have threatened for years about going and taking like a road trip (laughs) to visit like all of the UFO sites, you know, like, you know, even things like fun, like, you know, go to devil's tower where like, you know, close encounters was filmed. Maybe we should go and like document some of the stuff and see if we can actually figure out what's happening. I don't know. It's a crazy thought, J-Mac. It's a, it's a crazy thought. Uh, there's no such thing as too crazy. I'm, I'm half crazy. So any crazy thought is already halfway in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thanks for coming on, Jared. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I I totally appreciate this. For two tape decks and a mixing board. I'm Jay Mack. And I'm Sam Wade. Saying until next week. Stay Stay cosmic. cosmic. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.